what's happening, ladies and gentlemen? And I, I say I have access to trillions of dollars. I say that exaggerating, but really it's true. I have access to a lot of money. It comes at a cost, but I have access to money. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oglesby and Scott Show. Yeah. This podcast hosts the belief that business and investing are team sports. We drop gems to help you turn your capital into generational legacy. We're sharing with you the best stories of successful African-American business owners and entrepreneurs. This episode is sponsored by Hood Estates. Hood Estates is offering a Hood Estates Elite Real Estate Investing Program as well as a Hood Estates Trekking Program. All the details can be found in the show notes. You can also find them on Instagram at Hood Estates. Hey everybody, it's your girl Erica Williams from the Classy Climb blog. I'm a six-figure YouTube earner and the author of the book Smartphone Millionaire, how to lend to people, real estate, and businesses from the palm of your hand. And if you're interested in the three things that changed my life over the past four years to become a six-figure YouTube earner and investor in multiple properties in multiple states, I would love for you to join me over at the Classy Climb YouTube channel. Now, here are your hosts, Miss Flipping in Heels, Rashana Scott, and Mr. Todd Millionaire himself, Charles Oglesby. This is the Oglesby and Scott Show. This is Rashana Scott tuning in with Mr. Charles Oglesby. How's it going, Charles? You know, I'm blessed. I'm living the dream at Todd Capital Headquarters. We can't, we can't, you know, we're just living the dream out here in these coronavirus streets. How about you? I'm good. Staying Corona safe, staying nice. busy. So I'm good. So we have a very, very special guest here with us today. I'm so excited to talk to him. Um, speaking of Corona, so many things have changed within the lending industry. Um, and so we have Mr. Ken um, out of Houston. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, you guys? So you are the owner and founder of Top Choice um, Lending, and you started it um, a couple years ago. But before we get into that, we always like to ask our guests, um, tell us you know, a little bit about your background growing up. What was that like? Um, you own a successful lending company, and you are in real estate. So do you have any prior you know, family history as far as real estate goes? Um, not really as far as prior family history. My family was, uh, my family is full of doctors and lawyers and entrepreneurs. I guess, uh, the only person I know that's in real estate or was in real estate back in the day and she still is, is one of my cousins and she's well off. <laughs> so she bought some property in California a long time ago and she's doing very well today. So nice. And so, uh, so growing up, what was that like? Oh man, it was a, uh, it was. I'm gonna say it was amazing. My childhood wasn't uh, wasn't too bad, you know. My mom, uh, she's single mom. You know, my dad passed away when I was young, um, and so uh, I have my older sister. She's like a mom too, cause she's so much older than me. And then I have a plethora of cousins, and so that was like my sisters and brothers. So we grew up and uh, grew up together, um, and you know we, you know, we wasn't rich. Um, I wasn't standing on the bridge. I was blessed. You know, I had some a place to go, you know, and uh, that was it. You know, had some food on the table. I've always been uh, my friends and friends call me fat, fat boy or fat man. So I've always been able to eat. You know what I mean? So be good there, you know. Uh, but no, South was pretty, pretty, you know, decent. I went to, you know, I'm from the south side of Houston. Um, went to school in South Park, went to school in Third Ward, NY. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty decent. So you mentioned that most of your family is in doctors and lawyers, but you particularly took an interest in the real estate. Why is that? Um, I, real estate, so this is not really how I got in real estate. So I was working in Florida at the time, and I was a service director at BMW um, in my younger 20s. And uh, everybody that came in there that had money with real estate. And I'm like, I'm missing. <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, they bring you know, they and money wasn't anything. So especially for a quarter hour, and try to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. And uh, at first, I wanted to be a real estate agent, and then I started looking at, you know, the car salesman. I was like, well, I was about to put the agent, I was like, the finance director in the, in the car dealership, and those are the people with the money. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So why not be the finance director in real estate? You know what I mean? So that's how you know this, this came about. That's dope. Yeah. What that's did those dope. early days look like for you once you kind of launched out there and started doing your thing? It was a struggle. It was a struggle because I was I was on like I was making good money um, for a person who you know basically dropped out of college. You know, you couldn't tell me. And I'm from the south side of Houston. You know, from the hood. So me making what I was making, I'm doing good. It's somebody's career, you know. And then when I decided to quit my job, people thought I was crazy. They thought I was psycho. And I told them what I was doing. And even when I was quitting my job, I thought I was psycho. But you know. I, had to, I knew this is what it was. You, know, you just had that feeling like working for somebody or doing this, that's not, that's not for you. I want to do my own. And even when I quit my job, I had job offers making more money, you know, doing the same thing. And I, I turned them down. I knew that wasn't for me. I knew I wasn't going to be happy doing it. Okay, so, so wait a minute. Let's back up. <laughs> yeah. So you're from Houston uh-huh. and you were in Florida for, for school, school or – for work, so I was uh, I was working here in Houston at the dealer, at a dealership here in Houston, um, serving on a service drive, and then that um, was Alex Rodriguez Mercedes. It was owned by Alex Rodriguez, the baseball player, and uh, he sold out. He sold it, um, and then uh, a bunch of us kind of left there. And uh, the gentleman I worked for, and who I basically learned how this relentless attitude for, um, he took a risk and. Um, bought some dealerships in, in, in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. And if you don't know what Fort Walton Beach, Florida, if you know Pensacola, Florida, and if you know Destin, Florida, it's a little town right in the middle where you bought the dealerships that he asked a few of us to go out there and uh, seven of us went. I was one of those seven. Okay. <laughs> and so then you say you, so you quit the job to do real estate. So did you already st- start your business before quitting or you just jumped right out or you were like, you know, I'm going to build my parachute on the way down? So I started Top Choice Lending per se. I started in my condo in Florida. Um, didn't know what I was doing. I just said, let me get an LLC started and a design and a logo. And so I started my LLC um, and uh, got the logo going. And I just had this vision. I was like, I got to leave here in six months. And I was like, I got to save all my paychecks and I got to leave when I got to figure out how to get top choice lending going. And uh, I got, and of course, yeah, I have a, a mortgage license. Um, so I got my mortgage license. I started working for a company um, in Florida doing mortgages. And I went, well, trying to do mortgage. I don't do anything. Um, and even before I closed my first deal in mortgages, I quit. I just like this. I just know that it's got to work. I, I put a plan of action in place. I was like, I had to close this many deals to pay my bills. Um, and as long as my baby taken care of and I can, you know, make sure she's taken care of and my cardinal's taken care of, I'm good. So I saved enough money for a year to take care of my bills, even though it was going real quickly. But, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I saved it up and uh, it made it happen. Lily's attitude. I remember my first day I quit and I started my new job, you know, with the mortgage company. You know, he was like, Oh, meet me at the office at nine o'clock. And I was like, All right, cool, cool. I got there at nine. He got there at ten. <laughs> and then we was there for like fifteen minutes and talking about a few things. Like, All right, cool, now you can go. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> I guess, you know, and just have to make it happen. So what did you do? Uh, I went back to my, uh, actually I had already moved out my, my condo, I went back to my friend's condo and I built Top Choice Living's website. <laughs> That's exactly what I did that day. I went and I built Top Choice Living's website because I was like, well, oh, I got enough to do. Let me try to figure out, get this marketing going, get the website going. That's the first thing that we had going in, you know, and he was like, go door knock real estate agents. And I didn't know what to talk to him about. So I was just trying to get my name out there. So I started building this, started building Top Foot and at the same time, I had to try to figure out a way to market myself to get mortgages in. You know, so I started hanging around my friends that are realtors out there and, you know, try to get, you know, their business. But of course, you know, they don't really trust me their clients. So I know, just chilling. Yeah, so that's actually exactly what I was going to ask you is like, so how did you start marketing? You know, what did that look like? How did you start generating leads? Because it's one thing to, 
obviously like to just get an LLC and get started and get a website, but it's another thing to actually get clients, get clients to trust you, get clients to want to work with you, you know, get clients who are strangers, don't know you, give them, give you all of their personal information, you know, and then trust you to get a deal closed for them. And then your, um, your initial clients, were they just uh, like residential homeowners with the investors? Like what did those deals look like? Uh, they're resident, residential homeowners. Um, but really, it started with the building relationship with my realtors because if I don't have a relationship with my realtors, they don't, they're really the, the first line of defense for you, you know, because the client's going to listen to the realtor for listening to us, um, regardless. So I have to make sure that I built the relationship with the realtors first. And then, you know, once I um, got my first one, my first deal, um, which was actually my ex boss. Once he, once I did, once I helped him buy his house, you know, it was kind of on from there. You say building a relationship with lenders. Are you like taking them steak, taking them to dinner or something? Or are you like oh. bringing them cookies? <laughs> Man, just, you know, just constantly being in their face, you know, telling them like, give me a shot, you know, give me a shot, give me a, a deal that, you know, a small, give me a small deal. Let me just do a small deal and see how I do and just go from there. If I, you know, do a good job, you know, just start sending me more deals. You know, it's kind of starting slow. You know, even my uh, my first boss in the real estate, in the mortgage industry, he was like, "You're gonna get some bad deals first. <laughs> and <laughs> it, was, it was true. It was some tough deals. I, now I still, I now all my deals now they're real tough now. But now, uh, nah, it was. They, I thought it was some some tough deals and small deals, and they just started coming through. And then I just became consistent with it. And started getting my name out there and then like I tell my team now like you just have to live and breathe this if you want to be successful like you have to live and breathe mortgages you have to people have to know you for that for you to get deals like I don't even I don't right even right now I don't invest in a lot of marketing um because what I learned in my marketing classes when I was in school is the most uh, effective and uh efficient and cost effective way to market is word of mouth and referrals and that's what I live off of Mm -hmm. yeah and then when you're actually doing what you say you're going to do right so obviously as the business grows you're doing more business but the business is going to continue to grow because you are doing more business right so like i said the more clients you serve the more people that you help the more like i said relationships that you build um well this is uh this is good stuff so what type of loans do you do? Because I actually uh, was reading um, your bio and you do um, a lot of different types of loans, like creative investing and all of that. So let's talk about that. So I do, I mean, all types of loans, FHA, VA, USDA, conventional loans. Uh, we got down payment assistance. And uh, by the way, I, we are licensed in Texas and in Florida. I make sure to be licensed in both states. Um, so got those in both states. Um, and in investment loans. I'm an investor myself. Um, I wear a couple hats. I mean, I, I fix and flip houses. Um, that's my like my side thing, but you know, it could be a full-time thing for most, for most people. But once I learned the, the financing game, and really, once you know financing, you can buy, buy any type of real estate, period. And so I basically use my company to uh, help invest in real estate. Um, I know if, you see, if y'all seen The Banker, I can't remember who's in the movie with the banker, but Samuel Jackson. Movie. Yeah, with Samuel Jackson, and he was like, "That was like the well, the other side of real estate is the bank, right?" And that's basically my idea for top choice lending is if I can control the bank and control the finance, and I can control real estate. Hundred percent. So we try to offer every if there's a, if, I don't think there's a loan that I can't cannot do. I mean, you do commercial. Are you a, yeah. Are you a broker? or Are you? Like a direct we're lender. We're broke. Okay, so you have access to multiple people. Multiple people, multiple deals, multiple loans. I have I have loans and products for I mean anybody. I mean any type of finance you could probably think of. My when people come to my business, I try not to say no. Or we try not to say no. You know, we wanna try we wanna figure it out. How do you make those connections though? Like you, because it's one thing to to network with realtors. How are you making the connections? The connections with the lenders, with the money. Yeah. So basically, you just have to experience and just know what they have to offer. Um, even even some you know small even banks. You know, if you create relationships and you put your name out there, and they don't know what you do. If you can bring them loans, you're bringing them a lot of money. That's really what yeah. makes. 
it's you. That's really what makes the makes the money is the loans. Uh, holding your money there is not making the money. Getting that money out is what's making them the money. If you can establish a relationship with the banks and these lenders, sign up for these lenders and establish relationships with them, you can lend out any type of money. I, I say I have access to trillions of dollars. Now I say that exaggerating, but it really is true. I have access to a lot of money. It comes at a cost, but I have access to it. And so for those who may not know, can you break down the difference between bring, being a mortgage broker and actual like direct mortgage lender? Yeah, so that's a great question. So um, let's think about, think about like this. So Chase Bank, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, there are direct lenders that are going to out their own lender, right? And then you have a correspondent lender who has a lot of credit with Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, you know what I mean? And then you have a broker who basically takes their money and you just broker their money out. We get, it, we get their money wholesale. So where the where the government or the feds give out the money at a certain percentage, that bank then gets that money from the feds at a certain percentage and they tack on their fees. And then what the the cost that they give it to a correspondent lender may be a little bit higher than what it gets to me so I can fit our compensation to the YSP. So that's just how it works out. I can dig it. Yeah. So let's talk about Let's talk about how lending has changed during COVID because um, it's hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> it's, tough. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. So I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't possibly grateful for COVID or I should be off the tap in the space because what's happening is in my business we're actually really busy. You know, multiple things happening. Rates are low, um, and people are tired of looking at the same wall they were looking at because they figured out that they really like those in the first place, right? So they're buy, out buying new houses. And so, um, but there are a lot of regulations and rules that have changed in the mortgage industry and the guidelines have changed a lot. I mean, they change every day. Um, and I have to keep up with them, every, like reading guidelines and watching videos and seeing what's changing every day because they change stuff every day. And it's crazy due to the COVID pandemic. And it's, that's on the, the primary market, which is the FHA conventional loans, and on the secondary market with the hard money loans and the commercial loans, all this stuff has changed. Because the secondary market, you have people, investors like me and you that may invest into something, you know, and they're not wanting to lend their money out cheap anymore or at all because they're scared of what, what may happen. So you're busier, but are you able to close as many loans or has that changed for you? No, actually, it hasn't. It's actually picked up. Wow. So you, so you still haven't been able to tell anybody no. No. <laughs> no. Let's figure it out. Let's get it right. Done. Or hey, I can get it done, but it looks a little different than it would have been before. Yeah. Or, or it may take a little bit longer to get it, or or whatever. It's just you have to meet more guidelines and or more requirements than you did before. I need you to get licensed in Illinois. <laughs> we got some deals to close. That's good. What what in Chicago? So I was actually looking at buying investment properties out there in Chicago. So hey, it may come out. So I have I have a so so since we're on the subject of lending, I have a client who um was who is self employed, who uh was trying to get a loan, who was closed down due to COVID, um, and because the P and Ls were low for twenty twenty they denied the loan. Right. But everybody was like shut down for three months. So in, in those cases, you have things like, is that client still bringing in the money? You know, if they are, you know, what type of how, well, how, how big of house they want to buy them. I mean, you have bank statement loans that they can possibly get. Um, if they don't qualify for the regular conventional stuff like that, where they use mm. it's Let's talk about bank statement loans. Charles seems very interested in that. He like, yeah, because, my bank account fat. How much well, you gonna give me? <laughs> no, because a lot of times people assume it's just W-2 loans and uh, that's yep. all you can use to qualify for your loan. But you're saying there's other ways to qualify for funding that aren't just like working a job? A hundred percent. There's so many different ways to qualify for funding. People, I mean, so you have bank statement loans. Bank statement loans just basically takes your, your deposits and your bank statements and they factor your DTI that way and they give you a certain, you know, uh, conditions based off of that. So let's just say if you have a 12-month bank statement loan and that 12-month bank statement loan, they want to see a certain amount of deposits into your bank account. 
And if you, as long as you make those deposits and you can get a CPA to say you've been in business for at least two years, I mean, you're good. You basically qualify for that loan. Your, your credit has to meet a certain guideline. Um, typically, the down payment is a little bit more because you're now you're not lending on a, uh, uh, a QM product, which is a qualified mortgage, now it's a non-QM product. And so now they can set their own, their own to that money they're giving. Interest rate is higher, uh, typically, and a down payment is a little bit more. Um, but you can still qualify as a self-employed borrower. That's actually pretty good. I mean, you have that type of loan. You got a you got a two month bank statement loan. You got a asset based loan. If you have a bunch of assets that based on your assets, I mean, there's a bank out here in Houston that you know you can do a you can be a hundred percent DCI as long as you have the asset so that you can afford your house. They'll give you the loan. I feel like that's how it should be. But you go to these people like Loan Depot. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're denying you. Like, I got, a, I got this in the back of pop right, Why did you do me like that, man? Why'd they send me a denial and <laughs> I got the money in the bank? That's actually one of my lenders. So um, they, that's because they stick to the guidelines. They have certain regulations they have to abide by. They're to the book. They don't have any non-deal products. They're not lending out their portfolio, so they can't make the rules. This episode is brought to you by 24-7 Watches. Shop our limited edition luxury watches at 247watches.com. That's T-W-E-N-T-Y 47watches.com. Use code Todd Capital at checkout for a special discount. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 247watches. That's at T-W-E-N-T-Y 47watches. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. So what does your process look like when you're taking on um, a new lender? Like, because if I, I can imagine you have all of the lenders who are obviously loaning out the same products, right? So you're looking for different products. So what are you, what are you looking for? What does that conversation and, and, or that interview process look like? Right. So that's a great question. So when I'm looking for new lenders, it has to be a niche product that I'm looking for. Because every lender can lend out the same thing, right? But their rates are different, right? That's a big thing. Um, rates may be different. Well, this product, this lender may have that bank statement loan versus lender doesn't. This lend, these two lenders may have bank statement loans, but one may be fifteen percent down, the other one may be twenty percent down. You know, the, you know, it depends on their requirements. Um, I have, I literally have like fifteen or twenty different lenders that I'm actually signed up with, as far as the conventional and you know, uh, primary resident side, just to give my clients that that um, option. So it's, it's almost like a client can't shop me for a loan because I could shop I could shop for them, you know? And that's actually one of my marketing things, like you shop for a home while I shop for your loan. I literally pull your credit one time and I can shop your loan for you. And you don't have to go to Bank of America. You don't have to go to the, uh, or Chase. You gotta go to all these different places to shop your loan. I have it all right here, which is mm. Yep. I like that. So that's one credit inquiry. One credit inquiry. And um, then how many typically, like how many uh, lenders are you reaching out to for a client? Like on average? It all depends. So I have, uh, so it kind of works like this. I kind of know once I pull your credit and what you're asking for, mm-hmm. what lender I'm going to talk to. You know, but I have like a, uh, we have a website where we have all the lenders in one place. So I plug in the scenario and it shops it for you, and I can see where to send your loans. But it, it, it all depends on the scenario. The client trying to close quick, and I know I can't send them to lender A. I'm just going to be because I close quick. But lender B, interest rate may be slightly higher than lender A's interest rate. But I need to close this loan quick. Or if I have time and the client wants a great rate, I know I can go to this lender over here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every situation is different. Every lender is different. I have a lender that goes down to 500 credit. You know what I mean? I hesitate to say that. <laughs> I do, but I know when I'm in business, you know, that the, it's going to go by slower. 
they don't ask for a lot more information, but you I mean they're getting the deals done that nobody can do. So how many lender partners do you have? I know for a fact that for regular conventional finance, we have at least 15 to 20 different ones. That does not include commercial or investment loans. So for somebody who's looking to buy a home directly from the home builder, where they typically have like a lender partner, would you still recommend that they kind of consult with you first or do they just go with who the person's uh, direct lender is? A hundred, that's an that's a awesome question because I fight with this all the time. A hundred percent shop your loan around. Do not always yeah. use that. I'm telling you because what happens is, you know, I'm not going to use any names in this scenario. I'm just going to say what happens. So typically that lender or that corresponding lender, um, their rates are higher because they're trying to make as much money as possible. Um, and then that builder will give a, a, a builder incentive and say it's a lender credit and it's not, but it's a builder incentive to use that specific lender. But really they're charging that client to buy that rate down and then they're just covering that rate cost by giving them a credit. And then so the closing cost that they're saying, oh, I'm giving this amount of money, it's really no difference. You're already getting a cheap rate from me. So the closing cost gonna be the same way, but kind of sometimes even better with me. It's happened plenty of times where I beat the builder's lender because of that. And it and it'll put in a fine print, hey, we'll give you uh, such and such amount of, of money if you use our lender, but then they're pulling the fine fine print that they're really gonna charge you this amount of this amount of origination to you, you know, to get the certain uh, interest rate. See that all the time. All the time. But most of the time, you know, a client all they want to see is getting free money, but I have to, you know, explain to them and and, and, and teach them that like that free money that you're getting is coming at a cost and it's not really free. And this credit that you're getting from from this is not really a credit. They're just covering the cost of something. No such thing as a free lunch. They're going to get you somehow. Even down payment assistance, you know, that ain't free. Hmm. Talk, <laughs> let's talk about that because Rashana is a huge proponent of down payment assistance. and Because uh, I know it's hard out here for people, okay? like, But yes, down payment assistance typically does come with a higher interest rate. I let my clients know that as well. So, yes, let's talk about that. So since I'm a, I'm a money man, people call me money man, I think about the long run, right? And I'm, I tell people I'm responsible for your next 30 years. So you can get five or $6,000 down payment assistance to help buy your house, and then you'll pay hundreds of thousand dollars more in the back end, or you can just drop this 5K, and then your interest rate is cheaper, and your payment is cheaper, and your life is more manageable. You make the decision. A lot of times, that, a lot of times clients that come to me, I, I coach them up on both sides. And a lot of times they choose, you know, to take the cheap money because it's cheap. You don't have a second lien on your property. You know what I mean? You don't have all the extra stuff that you have to buy by. You just get to a house. You don't have all the, you know, you know, your payment is cheaper. You can buy more house because your payment is cheaper and your interest rate is cheaper. And you're just using a better situation. But, you know, I do have clients that absolutely need it. And if you absolutely need it, you know, I'm going to get you what you want at the end of the day. You know, I did my job and I feel better myself and I sleep at night and I educated you on because the bad about it. Absolutely. Education is key, you know, and then you educate your clients and then you let them to make the decision. Yeah. Mm. yeah so. What are some tips you would give to somebody who's looking to qualify for a loan while we're in this coronavirus kind of pandemic? Um, makes your credit right, for sure. Um, Right now, it's a, it's a seller's market, um, I would say. Um, I'd agree. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are trying to buy houses. Uh, and so, uh, be aggressive with it. Um, compromise. Find you a house where you know you're gonna, you want to be in for a long period of time because you found out that the house that you got to work from home in is not what you want to be in. Don't settle. Um, but for sure, credit is king, especially in my industry. And the better your credit, the lower your rate, the lower your payment, the less money you can save in the long run. Or the more money you save in the long run. What are um, your thoughts on NACA? Is it legal for me to talk about it? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Wait, you said um, it is illegal? No, I said it is illegal. I was, I was about to say some crazy stuff. Um, every client that... I mean, if it helps a client out, it helps a client out. I'm, of course, I'm not a NACA lender, um, but the type of stuff that I, the horror stories I hear from the clients that I say from NACA um, is horrendous. 
um, I mean, it's out to essentially help somebody, but it puts a client through a lot of stuff. The classes they have to go through, the choirs they have to meet, um, the, what you call it, the community service they have to do after they get the loan. I mean, who, why you have the community service after you buy a house? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> Just different stuff like that. Like, help the person buy a house, don't have to put them through all these requirements. Like, they even have to, they have, they have to have a certain amount of money for that to even qualify for down payment assistance through that program. I mean, some people don't even have it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's other programs out there available um, that you can get financing for with no money out of your pocket. Like What's the most creative loan that you've done? Um, let's see. Hmm. Every loan I do is creative. <laughs> <laughs> um. Whether it's getting crazy people qualified, or um, I mean, I've get I've gotten somebody qualified with a 554 credit score. Um, I got this guy qualified. Um, he had just lost his wife. He got you know, virus and soul. In the middle of our process too, and he did not qualify. He we had to we had to call some lawyers, and I had to help me with his lawyers to get this this deal done for him. And I just felt so bad for him. But we got it done. Um, and as far as the investment side. I mean, just combining some of uh, the lenders we have with some of my private investors getting picture clips done. I mean, I did one myself, my own property where I combined one of my hard money lenders and my private lenders to get a deal done. And it has uh, over $150,000 in uh, profit in the, in the property. You nice. know, so, yeah, it's a, if there's a will, there's a way to get these mm-hmm. deals. And uh, I say with guidelines, let's go back to the submission side. With guidelines, um, every guideline is a gray area. So what you read on the what you read on that on that piece of paper doesn't mean anything. I had this one I had this one letter tell me about this epic FHA loan that a person that just graduated high school couldn't qualify for for home because they have, they don't have work history. So I had to actually I email and I blew up FHA's phone number and their email and um, basically I said this guideline because at first FHA told me. That the guidelines specifically state that they have to graduate from college. I was like, the guideline didn't say that. The guideline says school. So it could be any type of school. It could be stripper school if I care. If they give me a transcript, <laughs> <laughs> it says school. So, you know, just understanding the guidelines is, is really what helps. Guidelines mean gray area. Hmm. That's gray a bar. Um, I feel like. Charles about, to, Charles about to tweet F your guidelines. <laughs> no, I'll, it's it's very important to have somebody who looks like you go on the bat for you. Yeah. Because you run into Chase and they're like, no, Negro, you ain't getting this loan. You right. run into Rashana, she's like, okay, how can we make this work? You run into Ken, he's like, how can we make this work? They're going to creatively find a way for you to win as opposed to just saying, oh, the guideline says this, so get out of here. Like, Absolutely. You know, I'm always looking for a great area in the guideline. I teach my team that. Um, I challenge them every day in my group meet chat to read guidelines. And I tell them I'm testing my weekly, our weekly meetings to know these guidelines. That's the only reason I'm really, I kind of market myself to be other lender, favorite lender because I can feel some other lenders because they can't get stuff done. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, they didn't read the gray area. Yeah, I'm sure that happens all the time for you, like where people couldn't get their loans closed somewhere else, so they come to you and you can get it done. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. People do it for a reason. Like other communities work with other communities for a reason because they're going to have their best interest at heart. And I feel like sometimes we feel like we're, we might be doing somebody a favor by working with your own community. Like, no, you do yourself a favor. Like, if you really want to get to your goals, go to Ken and go to Rashada. Because they're going to put you on game. Come to Tide Capital. There you go. Um, I think it's time we can talk about some of this real estate development experience, if, if that's okay with you, Rashana. Yep. So you mentioned that you're also a real estate investor. Yeah. So um, what did your early real estate development deals look like? Um, Amazing. I was actually spoiled in the beginning, and now it's becoming harder and harder. <laughs> And so, um, I don't, my first deal, I was a small deal, uh, put on the contract and we flipped it in 45 days and made 50 G's and it was like, I was like, what? 
You know, and um, was that a wholesale deal? Or was that a flip or a rehab? Wait, and that's what I was about to say. Like, so you had luck with contractors and all of that. It was the perfect deal. It was on the MLS, and I'm telling well, you, you was blessed. We was I was flipping through the MLS, just flipping through it one morning, and then I uh, I refreshed the screen and it popped up. Before I even went to see the property, we put an offer on it and they accepted our offer immediately. I'm talking about within 10 minutes. And then we went over there and got the deal done. And the realtor called us. She was like, after we signed the contract, she called us like, hey, I actually got some higher offers. And I was like, oh, too late now. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went over there and, you know, you know, put about 35 G's into it and, and made we had a cash offer at closing two weeks. I mean, it was like the perfect deal. And then every day after that has kind of been rolling. And so um, now I'm starting to get into the big boys. Um, but I feel like you put the same energy to a small deal, you can put the same energy to a big deal and get paid more. Facts. Yeah. You know, so that's been pretty cool. I actually love it. And so the real estate investing started obviously after you started the lending company. Correct. Right. Correct. Um, so what made you start, like want to start flipping? Hanging around people and then watching videos and then seeing the profits on watching HGTV. <laughs> My TV stays on HGTV, but watching watching that, but watching that and just seeing what people can do to houses and then is what's what's crazy is back in the day I, I kind of wanted to be an interior designer. I didn't tell nobody this, but I used to sell paintings. I used to door knock uh, people's houses and sell them paintings straight to the back of my car, and wow. I always. We got, I want to be an interior designer, and I think that going into our houses and and, and and putting your own touch in them really makes it, you know, it's something you feel good. And when somebody buys a house and they really love it, it just makes you feel good. It makes me feel good, especially when I get to check them. But it makes you feel good when somebody uh, uh, goes into a house and really loves the, the touches that you put in there, like the small stuff that you put into the houses and whatnot. So when you're... When you're doing these flips, are you still doing, like, are you doing hard money, private money? What kind of financing are you using for those? Hard money, private money. I got I got people that have money that they just want to invest. Like they just want to invest passively. Um, then I combine it with my hard money deals, uh, my hard money loans, uh, subject to deals. I love subject to, subject to deals are the most amazing thing ever. Where I could just assume somebody's mortgage and they're going to put my money into it and then flip their property. Um, those, those type of deals are what I really like doing. I, mean, I get my deals from wholesalers or uh, sometimes I work with wholesalers and I JV my deals with them, you know, because I have people that, that trust me with their money. Yeah. Why so you, you'll JV with a wholesaler well where it's under contract. You don't put any money up. You just put the rehab money into it and then you guys flip the exit. Yep. I never thought about doing that. It's creative, creative financing. <laughs> creative ways to finance deals. Any way to make a profit off of deals. I mean, there's different ways to take down take down properties. Um, I have investors that, you know, give money. I mean, use their IRAs or separate their IRAs to give money or money out their bank account, you know, where they're just sitting there. And I say, hey, let me hold your money for a little while. I'll bring you back your return on your investment. This is what you'll get back on your return. It's better than sending your bank account. Let's do it. And I develop that that skill and the trust, and then they know I know money from my mortgage company. So, you know, and then I have you know stuff to back up my stuff. You know, so you know, so why not? Why not take your money from your bank account and put it into a deal? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's right, that's a bar. It's allowing me to do multiple deals at one time. You know, it's kind of like project manager deals and uh, get the deals done. Take your money up your bank account and do a deal. That's a bar. Yeah. yeah. So development. So so development. What is that side um, of the flipping business look like? Like, how did you get into that? Like you said, it takes the same amount of effort and energy to do small deals, but you you know you might as well do bigger deals. But there's there's more you know that obviously comes uh, comes along with it. So I mean, with the development, I mean it's the it's the same. I mean it's all about the deal working out for the lender. As long as the deal works for the lender, you can do whatever you want to do with it. Um, now with the development side, I partnered with one of my partners out of Florida, named Matt Staber. Um, my guy, he's a 
like my brother. Uh, matter of fact, his his wife runs my Florida office. Um, and so he uh, works with this company called Out of Box, uh, which is basically a, a site build home system where you can build homes on site. It's kind of built in the factory, you put a home together on site. And so we've been doing that for a while, built some stuff out in Florida, um, trying to build some stuff out here in Houston. We signed up with the, we're building with the Houston Land Bank out here in Houston, uh, which has been pretty cool. And just doing, just doing stuff, trying to, I'm doing, doing it, under, you know, under the radar, but, but still doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so everything that you're doing right now, you're flipping, you aren't holding? No, I have one property that I hold. And that's the same, that's my, that's my same thing, my same uh, mentality. Um, some people like to buy, you know, single family homes. Um, my next, you know, my move, what I'm working on is apartment complexes. Cause at the same time, I'm putting the same energy into buying an apartment complex and I buy a single family home. And then the apartment complex, I'm buying multiple doors instead of one door and I can just have somebody run that and I'm getting a bigger return on investment with the same amount of energy I put out. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I'm looking at apartment complexes too. That's where I'm trying to get into. Um, I feel like you get a chance to work with better people the higher you go. Absolutely. As opposed to, you know. Hey ladies, this is your co-host, Rashana Scott. And are you looking for a community of women real estate investors? If so, I want to take a quick second to share with you Infinity Membership. Sorry, fellas, but Infinity Membership is a women's only online community for newbie and experienced investors. Come let your hair down and join a non-judgment zone sisterhood where all of your questions about investing in real estate get answered. This is also an opportunity to learn from the best of the best. Other seasoned and successful women in the industry share their success tips often. Our live group sessions are twice a month and we support each other daily within our private Facebook group. Our sessions range from driving for dollars to working with contractors to out-of-state investing, raising private capital, marketing your deals, and so much more. Does this sound like something that you've been looking for? Well, we would love to have you. For more information, visit us at bit.ly forward slash infinity membership. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash infinity membership. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at partnerwithmillie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Man, so... I, I feel like we should break down maybe what your most successful deal was, like a detailed look. So what would you say was your most successful deal? Um, how did you find that property? What did the numbers look like on that property? Um, so I had a couple of them. I'm gonna talk about my most recent one though. Um, I'm gonna talk about my Westbury property, my my headache and my, and my lover. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we found my Westbury property on MLS. People don't believe that you can find deals on MLS, but you can most definitely find deals on MLS. Hold on. So people usually think that only realtors have access to the MLS, but it sounds like lenders have access to the MLS as well. No, you just, you know, you got friends that are realtors. Oh. <laughs> I, could, I could dig it. I could dig it. And then you have a I mean, and there's there, so. a million sites out there. So how the MLS works is that the properties are published and updated on an MLS site first, but then they're pushed out to all these other sites. Right. So yes, Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com, like they might not be as accurate or the most up to date, but you can still find, you know, properties out there. So you got Zillow and then you have, you know, there's software out there that you can use. Like I use uh, Real Estate IQ. Um, I use PropStream. Um, that I basically find deals on there. Um, that'll break down deals for you. Uh, Real Estate IQ is like my, that's my best friend. Where you can find deals and you can find cheap houses on, on, on Real Estate IQ. Um, and basically houses don't you know, last for a long time. You can break those houses down. You can break houses down that's expiring listings and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of ways to, to find a deal on the MLS. 
Um, and so my, my Westbury property was a great deal. It was in the, um, the, the Westbury market out here is a, is a strange, but I feel like an untouched market. Um, it's not saturated like a lot of other markets out here in Houston. And it's because it's, it's a difficult market because you really have to understand a number. Because I bought this house, it's a three bedroom, two bath house, um, 1,875 square feet, and I bought it for $179,000. And most people was like, you bought the house for too much. But what they wasn't saying is the house that was rehab in the area, when I, before the pandemic, when I bought it, it um, was selling for like 350, 360. You know, and I was like, if I put 80 grand into this property, you know, it's good. You know, I'm, I'm all in at 260. If I sell it, mm-hmm. you know, and minus my fees, I probably walk away with, you know, about seventy, eighty thousand dollars. Right. It's not a bad. It's not a bad deal at all. You know what I mean? Um, even I have I have a, a, a lipstick deal that a subject two deal that we have on the market right now. We uh we the the owner owed one seventy five, and uh, me and my business partner we put in we gave him forty thousand dollars to walk away from the note. Just walk away from the house. Um, uh, three uh five bedroom, three and a half bath house, um on the golf course, um and we put twenty thousand dollars into the purchase. So we're all in at two thirty, and we have it on the market right now for three thirty. And we got the house done in a week and a half. You know, so I mean, there's a lot of deals out there that people miss because they, they're looking. I feel like the way people look at comps on the on the MLS, they look at it differently. You know, I'm looking for okay, which houses are fixed up? Uh, what's the lot size? What square footage? If I fix this house up, what's the selling point in that area? Versus, if it's, you know, if it's not fixed up or what are people doing in this area to fix up their houses to sell, you know what I mean? Maybe we need to change the kitchen out just to sell this house, you know, just small stuff to make this house sell. You know, I feel like people miss out on MLS. A lot of great deals like that. So, so like that house that you just talked about on the golf course, that one was on the market? No, this was actually one of my, uh, my guys. He's a, man, crazy, relentless guy. This man is crazy. Um, he came to the deal because he wanted to start flipping, and so he brought me the deal. He brought the deal to me, and I was, and I at first I was like, uh, and then I started looking at the comps in the area, and I was like, well, if we get this house for this much, I don't have to put this much into it. We can make some profit off this house, and sure enough, some profit in it. You only have on the market for I think it's day six today or day seven. Wait, so say it again. So they owe how much? They owe one seventy five. And you gave him how much? Forty thousand. Forty thousand. Forty thousand. How do you justify that? How does the person justify? Is it because you assume the the debt on the mortgage, or? Yeah. So basically, what we did is I assumed their mortgage. Mm-hmm. And then they, then they uh, transferred the title into my name. Got it. Got it. So really, you're in it for like two, the one seventy plus the forty plus the cost of the rehab. Yeah, that's what that's all okay. we're in it. That's very creative. This dude is creative AF, man. man who would have ever, who would have, <laughs> you, you always just, you always think that you have to like pay them the actual price of the property. Like, okay, well, it's 170. I'll pay you 170. And they're like, well, I want 210. Like, well, how about I just give you what you would get in profit, keep my cash, and then we'll take it all up. That is so. Yeah. Amazing. And then, yeah, you did say you all in at two thirty. Yeah, that adds up. So you one seventy plus forty plus the twenty grand that you put in it. You're at all in at two thirty, and you have it on the market at three thirty. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't have to pay closing costs. Um, I just, you know, so that eliminated that cost up front. You know, all they have to pay for is the closing costs at the end with the realtor fees and you know whatever tax preparations we have to pay. And, stuff like that and then if the client uses top choice lending guess what now i'm the builder and i get an incentive for using my company (laughs) (laughs) that's very smart yeah what other creative strategies have you used like we talked about what your most successful deal was like what other creative strategies have you used to kind of get out of a sticky situation um i said that's tough that's gonna be tough for me to say if it's a sticky situation because I pass up deals if it's if I don't I'm not too too comfortable with them. I'm gonna use Westbury again because that that situation the lender didn't want to lend out all the money on it because they were they didn't see all the comps on it. 
you know, and so I just basically went to my investor and I was like, yo, I need $70,000 for rehab. This is what you're going to return on me. But I took on the note, the debt, he paid for the rehab. And so we basically just kind of split the profits at the end. He paid for the rehab and he paid to take that, that, that seller out. No, 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 right? no, 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 the Westbury property, I'm talking about so it's a different deal. So the Westbury property, uh, that's my baby and my, and my headache. Um, that one, I took out the debt. That's when I found the MLS. I took out the debt with the mortgage to buy the property. And then my back end investor came in and gave me money to do the rehab. And then it's on the contract right now. Actually, we closed in, in a couple of weeks. Um, we're both split the, the, uh, the profits at the end. So the, I feel like the dopest thing is that we always talk about like wealth comes through creation, not competition. And it's like, if you're out there and you're doing the same strategies that everybody else is doing, you ain't being creative. You are now in competition space. If you are over here, like, I'm going to just do a bird. Like now you're competing now. Now you got to compete with all the other people who know what bird is. You got to be out there finessing some new strategies because I mean, bird was finesse. And that's why it worked for so long until it doesn't work anymore. You start competing and now you hop into that red ocean. Profits get smaller. Um, and before you know it, you might be in a bubble on the downside of that bubble. The cool thing about having like private investors that trust me with their money is I can literally do whatever deal I want to do. I don't have to worry about the lender's appraisal. I don't have to worry about what their comps comes to be. Because if I could just, yo, let me, let me hold a hundred grand to put in this property. Now I have the capabilities of doing that. And it was just about creating these relationships with these people and having to trust me with their money. That's hard. It would even be easy to go ask somebody for some money, but if you ask somebody for, let's just say you ask somebody for ten thousand dollars, and it's only ten thousand dollars they got, they'll be calling your phone every day for their for their money back. I just started, you know, reaching out to my people, my circle of influence, who I know who had the money in their account, but they're sitting there, and I'm like, look, this is the numbers, this is the deal. Even if it all fails, you get your money back. I can just refinance your property, refinance this property, get your money back. I'll make sure that that their money is protected in multiple ways. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, ain't no failure in my, in my genes. So, you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> not gonna happen. <laughs> Hold on. Before, before we get to the end questions, you've mentioned this term a few times, and it's about being relentless. How important do you, do you feel that, uh, I guess, character trait or attribute is towards achieving success? Early in this conversation, I mentioned my boss that moved to Florida. Um, actually, I call him G Money. The attitude that this guy had, has, I had, has, and just this relentless, I mean, this, this, this nasty, nonstop, I mean, he's just at it all day, all night, always. I remember working for him, and it'd be 12 o'clock at night, and my emails are going off. I'm like, dude, go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But it's just once you get that, I was I was I was reading um leaders eat last earlier this earlier this morning, and I think, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of what what uh, chemical trait that is. I don't know if it's, um, I can't think of what chemical trait it is, but it's that chemical trait that keeps you going, it keeps you motivated, and just like after you get one deal done, you gotta get to the next deal, or you gotta stay up to get the deal done, you gotta be successful. You can't fail, you gotta do it. And it's just and even if you do fail, you know that. It was a lesson learned. You just got to keep going. It's just that relentless, nonstop. Like I have to keep this done. Attitude. And I teach my daughter that. Like, there's one thing that my daddy, if I don't remember, my daddy was the asshole I got from him, and I said I can't do something. Right. And now I teach my daughter that that can't ain't a word. If you find it in the dictionary, you know, like you ain't not gonna get this book open. But if you if you don't find it in the dictionary, you're gonna get this book open. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a word. Get the get whatever it is you want to get done. And just make it happen. Yeah. I feel like that is something that it, it resonates with everything we've been talking about, like from the living to the real estate to whatever else you decide to take on. Uh, what is next for you? I mean, aside from apartments, we've already talked about that. Like, what, where are you headed? Hi, how are you? I am Andre C. Hatchett, 15-year mobile notary pioneer and veteran. We have created the Notary Business School, which will show you how to start a successful, long-term, needed business as a mobile notary public. Well, with 15 years of experience and with different downturns in the economy, we have labeled this business as being recession-proof, meaning that you can run this business in any climate, any city, any state in America. 
On average, our students make between $60 and $250 per appointment, which usually takes under an hour. I'll say that again. On average, our students usually make between $60 and $250 per appointment as a mobile notary public. If you would like to enroll and save a few dollars, go to the website, millinotarypromo.com. That is millinotarypromo.com. Look forward to seeing you in class. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Money to pay off debt and increase your income? I'm Terry Egioma from Invest with Terry, and I teach an online course on how to invest in the stock market for daily or weekly returns. My seven step strategy saves you time and erases the guesswork from trading. With these seven steps, I've earned over $16,000 in a day without having a large account. Start big or small, these proven steps will increase your profits and decrease your losses. To learn more, visit itradeandtravel.com. Man. My, my main focus right now is uh, growing the brand, growing Top Choice Nation. Um, What's I'm going really on, on podcast it's, listeners? It's this is your man, Dominic Voice, the official uh, editor and podcast business. producer of the Oakland Scott grow. Show. Uh, and listen, I'm already in Tuesday. We appreciate your listenership, and I want to give you a special offer for listening to this podcast. If you have voiceover podcast or video editing needs, let's talk. You can go over to dominicvoice.com forward slash contact, and I'll be happy to talk with you about what you and how I can serve you. You want to sound good and look good so that people can feel good and do good as a so of listening you know, and watching you know what I mean? like, that's how help that's, you make that happen. So let's talk. Go over and to DonaldTheVoice.com forward slash contact and we'll talk about a good rest of the day. So you're going to be hiring. Whatever time it is. I'm going to talk to you soon. What does the team look like? So I have uh, seven loan officers currently. Um, oh. Yeah, six of them here in Houston and I have one in Cali. No, I'm sorry, one in Florida. I have one in Cali that's getting her license, so she'll be number eight. I have like four right now. Right now, that's getting her license here in Houston. Um, and I have my amazing assistant. I can't live without her. And I have my amazing processor. I can't live. I dang, so I can't live without her. And so we just, we just, we growing, we grinding, grinding, growing. That's dope, man. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's somebody listening to this show who's gonna reach out and submit a resume. So where or or a loan application. <laughs> hey, that part. <laughs> that part. Make sure we get our referral fees. I'm just playing. <laughs> so, so we're gonna head into the last few wrap up questions. I think I've I've gotten everything. Um, the first question is, who is somebody that you look up to and why? Oh, that's a good one. Uh it depends on what like what, what we talking about. Spiritual, mental, financially. I mean, whatever. What's the first? What's the first one that jumps out there? Um, I'm gonna talk about my, my 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 guy, um, I got Tony. He's actually one of my investors. He, I, I look up to like a, a big brother. He's somebody who, um, I met him randomly at this uh this networking seminar, um, and just you know how he carries himself as a businessman, how he carries himself as a family man, and you know the business that he owns. Um, around here in Houston and just what he does around and we actually sat down over the weekend and talked and we talked about some real stuff and you know and just us being personable you know with each other and I feel like that unlocked a new a new door to our friendship you know what I mean um, him I mean I got G Money I look up to G Money he may not know it because you know when I when I <laughs> when I quit he was surprised but I looked up to him and his relentless attitude and his leadership and what he what he's what he's done for other people around around him. Like I was literally, I remember my first day I walked into his to his office. I didn't I just walked in there and I say, yo, y'all hiring? And he hired me right there on the spot. And I'm just a young dude, 21 years old, and didn't know what the heck I was doing, but I wanted to work in Mercedes Benz and he was hiring. So he hired me right there on the spot and he kind of just molded me there and then him to put me in a position I was in at, at 23 to be a service director at BMW like first of all it's two things people at 23 are not in that position and the people at 23 with this skin color is not in that position for sure and for me to be able to do that it helped me grow and mold myself to be a better person um even my business partner out here Javon hanging around with now man just his relentless 
he's a Grant, I call him a Grant Cardonian because he didn't breathe with this guy, but just having him around and the spiritual stuff that I give him and the mentality and just how he is and how relentless he is. And he's a, man, he's a salesman, like in his sleep, you know what I mean? And it's just, just an amazing. So I have all these, all these guys. And then of course, of course, yeah, my mom, she, I look up to her a lot. Just what she's been through and just how strong she is as a woman. And, um, you know, it's, it's quite a few people. Everybody has their own place in my life that I look up to in a certain way. Even my sister, she's a brand new lawyer, but she took on that thing. And she's like, she got five kids. She's a, she's a wife. She takes care of my mom. And she graduated from law school early. You know what I mean? And then she, she instead of her going work for a law firm, she started her own law firm. That's dope. Man, and she's and she's doing well in that. Fresh out of Man. fresh out of college. You know what I mean? So it's just a lot of different people that's around me that I look up to and I kinda like people they say they look up to me, but they really don't know I'm really looking looking up to them in life, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. that's dope. That's good. Very good. What, what is your favorite business or real estate book? Um Let's see. I would say my favorite book. I'm not sure if it's a business book or I don't know what to call it, but I think my favorite favorite book is The One Thing. Um, and and the reason why is because when I was running my team at BMW and, you know, when you get into certain work environments, people start to complain about their environment, right? And what they don't realize is that they're a part of that environment. Mm. So if you're complaining about your environment, you are a part of that environment. So what is that one thing that you can do to make your environment better? Well, don't complain about your environment. You are a part of the environment. You do something to help improve your environment and things will change. And I, and, and I, I live by that and everything. I mean, what is the one thing I can do to make that person's life better or this person's life better? Or what, what is the one thing I could do to make myself better? And I start with that one thing and I just grow off that one thing and it all comes together. Fire. That's good. Um, so what do you think sets apart um, successful business owners from those who fail, give up, or never get started? I think is people who, who fail and give up, I mean, never, never really ended to win it in the beginning with. You know, because if you fail, you know, to me, that's a lesson. And if you give up, you really just gave up, right? I mean, if you if I fall and I'm just later, I'm definitely getting up. But if you get back up again, you keep on going. So I think that people that fail and give up, and difference people that are successful is the person that's successful is the person who fell and just got back up and somebody who just gave up. Yeah. I agree. That is so key because I feel like there's there's people who say they want something, right, and they like they just want like a straight path to that something and then if it doesn't look like a straight path or if, if they, everything doesn't line up for them if they don't have the, all the resources they're just like oh, i guess it's not for me like but then there's people who are like i'm set on the goal and we're gonna get to this goal whether i gotta start with a product that doesn't look great or if i gotta start taking bad deals in the beginning and work my way into better deals like are you focused on the goal or are you focused on perfection like a little perfect process to where you're headed so i feel like that is so key yeah, people. A lot of people like like hand me outs, and you know one thing. You know, I teach I teach my team. You know, some sometimes I'm interviewing people. You know, they may not come on because I'm like I, I'm not a hand me out type of person. You know what I mean? I work my leads. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I, because if I I feel like if I if I hand them to you, you're not really gonna learn how to get it. You know what I mean? So I really want you to learn how to do it. Learn how to how to make a deal happen. Read guidelines, do this, do that. You have to learn to become better. 100%. Right. Absolutely. Um, and the last question is what does success mean to you? Oh man, another question was coming. That's always, <laughs> that's always a hard question. I used to think that it was money, um, but it's not. Um, that is a hard that is a hard question. Um I feel like success is, you know, being able to be a resource to people around you. That I feel like I'm successful when I'm able to be a blessing to everyone around me, or I'm able to be resourceful to everyone around me. Because at the end of the day, um, 
It's not about what you have, it's what you give to me. That's my thing. You know what I mean? If I can be a blessing to people around me, Good stuff, good stuff. So where can people um, find you, follow you, submit a mortgage application, support <laughs> what you have going on? Send a resume. Um, resume, right? So of course my website, www.topchoicelending.net. Um, Got to make, make sure you put .net. Um, then my, my Instagram is 381 underscore Kenny man, um, or, uh, top choice lending is my other Instagram as well. Nice. Nice. Thanks so much for coming on. I learned a lot about the lending industry and how creative you can get. It's like, we hear about investors doing these creative deals often, but like you said, it's, it's like, it's like so many people don't feel as though it's within reach right and i think that's why your nickname definitely suits you as the money man because you like you said you're gonna figure out how to get it done where to get it done who to call which lender which you know what rate and i mean there's so much value there within the industry that that like i said you just let me just let me know when you come to chicago for sure. <laughs> sure. I, I got some deals for you. Absolutely. Dope. Cool. So thanks for coming thoughts? on the show, man. Uh, yeah. Any, any... Well, this no, is episode. Oh, Are we? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts, man? No, that was it. I was saying thank you guys for having me. That, that was it. Thank you guys. I really Dope. appreciate. Thank you what for coming on. This Charles. This is episode 158. My name is Charles Oglesby with Rashana Scott. The Oglesby and Scott off. Show. Oglesby and Scott Show. Sign off. <laughs> All right, you guys. What's going on, podcast listeners? This is your man, Donald The Voice, the official editor and podcast producer of The Oglesby and Scott Show. And listen, I just had to come in and tell you that we appreciate your listenership, and I want to give you a special offer for listening to this podcast. If you have voiceover, podcast, or video editing needs, let's talk. You can go over to donaldthevoice.com forward slash contact, and I'll be happy to talk with you about what you need and how I can serve you. You want to sound good and look good so that people can feel good and do good as a result of listening listening or watching your content and I'm here to help you make that happen. So let's talk. Go over to donaldthevoice.com forward slash contact and we'll talk. Have a good rest of the day, evening, morning, whatever time it is. And I'll talk to you soon.